<laughs> New space. <laughs> New space, yeah. New space, absolutely. Welcome, space. everyone, to um, uh, The Art of Whatever, a, mar- a, uh, a arts and music history podcast. There you go. <laughs> Got it wow. out. Sorry about that. I, it's uh, Yeah, it's a new place. It's ve- I'm very nervous. I, we, we haven't recorded in person since May. Absolutely. Together. Um, we're in a very beautiful spot in the uh, heart of El Paso. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, and uh, thanks to you know um, Studio Four One One for for letting us record here today. Um, hopefully, it won't be. Um, you know, we'll see. It's our first time here, so we've been you know we've been recording from home since I live far away. Uh, <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Tardiness because we can't find. Oh parking. my gosh. <laughs> And that's, I mean, really, I mean, it really is on us. Like, we're just very... Yeah. Oh, we're very type B personalities. At least I am. Yeah. Carlos, you want to say anything? <laughs> uh, well, I was just, you know, like, trying to let you guys speak. Oh. But, thank you. Uh, so I'll let you guys make fools of yourselves. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> so, how's everyone doing? Um, I We don't have a lot of time. Um, I shouldn't say that. Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, how's well, everyone doing? You know, and uh, I once heard an interview with Larry King where he says, "Whatever's happening to you at the moment, just say it." Because oh. what's the point? He's like, "If you're afraid, say, say you're afraid. If you sneeze, say oh, I just sneezed." If you know, Parking whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever the circumstances. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I didn't even think about just how much holidays are important to everyone. Uh, so there's a lot of there's a lot of holidays going, a lot of holiday stuff going on. And absolutely, and it, like, and, and that's like the driving in. I was like, "Yes, I'm gonna find parking right there." Uh-huh. Completely wrong, by no. the way. Yeah, and I, I mean, all of, and, all downtowns are like that. So it's like I should have figured, you know. And and the beautifully restored. Uh, well, it's San Casitos Plaza is really nice, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, like there's so many people. So I was like, "Ah, oh, that's right." Like it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Why would yeah. I? Why did I not think about that um, ahead of time? <laughs> bring back the alligators. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, we're all doing good. I picked up Carlos. Um, Thank you. Um, yeah, and he had, he had a show last night with his band. Do you want to talk about it? it a was, bit? Uh, well, it was a nice reunion because of you know like the oh, old, yeah, yeah. the old gang. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was a. Uh, not the greatest night for me, but the the music was <laughs> the music was good. That's that's what it's all about, you know. Yeah. Yeah. The, the energy, the frantic, uh, manic energy was there, and it was channeled, yeah. uh, purposefully through <laughs> through <laughs> our music. I, I will say, I forgot how concentrated you look when you play, and just like I know, like dialed in. So well, um, it, it's either like because I, I have noticed it. It's either that or you're just not paying attention. <laughs> just two extremes with you, man. Like, get it together. No, because uh, I mean, it's it's not that you're paying, you're not paying attention, like you're not listening or anything. It's more of the fact that you're listening intently, but it's like you're not paying attention to anything else. Oh, that's okay. what I'm saying. Well, okay, so. sure. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, I'll still keep my thing yeah, and yeah, say, get it together. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, do I want to start? You know? Yeah, let's start. All let's right. kick into it. All right. So, you know, usually we talk about, you know, anything music related or anything arts related. Really general, broad stuff, you know, anecdotal, um, you know, biography. Biographical? <laughs> I, was trying to, I was trying to say biography and biographical at the same time. Um, but yeah, so uh, today I start first and I... And I, I start second. <laughs> I was trying not to laugh at that. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, today I wanted to start off with um, a little bit of a, a mystery, and I, I I feel like both of you will know who I'm talking about. Okay, okay. Um, and 
and uh, well, he's a singer songwriter um, from the seventies. Bob Dylan. Uh, no. Well, I guess seventies is ten years too late. <laughs> uh, that's when he was. Isn't that Blood on the Tracks? That's a great album. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So um, this person uh, actually only had two albums. Um, he uh, he was a guitar player. Uh, I'm trying to draw it in. See what I can. Keep going. Well, here I'll start off with my okay. So, on March fifth, nineteen seventy-five, Jim Sullivan checked into the Mesa Ho- the La Mesa Hotel. Sorry, <laughs> the La Mesa Motel in Santa Rosa, New Mexico. Walked to a liquor store, then walked into the desert, never to be seen again. Ooh. Do y'all know? No, no, Jim no. Sullivan? I, I, that was really? That was a good hook, man. Oh you my got god! Me. I did not know Jim. Sullivan. James Sullivan? Uh, yeah. Well, Jim Sullivan. Jim. That was that was his artistic name, but yes. Jim, no, you got me. Okay, cool. I, I cool. was just gonna do that <laughs> lame joke where I was like, "Oh, I know Jim," because I thought you were talk you were gonna talk about someone else. You know, I don't know. Jim <laughs> Sullivan was the more subject. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess I should have started. Nah, never mind. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um. Okay. So. Uh, a lot of my information I got from is uh, a New York Times article, which is called Jim Sullivan, a rock and roll mystery that remains uh, unsolved. Unsolved, yes. <laughs> Thanks. There's a word there that I can't read, and it said stubbornly. Oh. It's stubbornly oh. unsolved. Um, and then. I mean, um, it lived up to its name. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a, a video. Um, Oh, I didn't get the name of the video, but um, the video is called uh, Jim Sullivan, What Happened in the Middle of the New Mexico Desert. Um, and it's actually a really good, like, video because there's – unless you go onto Reddit and, like, you look up, like, you really go into, like, a rabbit hole about, mm-hmm. you know, these kinds of mysteries or whatever. Any mystery, really. Um, but you you can find a lot. But for for him, for some reason, like, there's not a lot on, like, about him. Like, just very, you know, very uh, – surface level facts about his life so so is this still like an unsolved mystery like to this yes. day ah, okay that's cool. all right yeah. man mars <laughs> you came in with the, the, the all right cool all right so i'm gonna read a um excerpt from uh the new york times article describing what he was like okay uh jim sullivan was a kind of california character who seemed to have stepped out of a pitchin or delilo novel a six foot two Singer and songwriter known as Sully with a magnetic personality and a handlebar mustache. Cool. And if you, cool yeah, and if you see him, like he, I mean, he looks just like anyone. <laughs> Honestly, like really? any, any, yeah. I mean, I think so. Like he, he, like his face just looks like anyone's face, but it, but like he himself is like very. I don't know. Very different. I don't know. I don't know how to, how else to describe huh, him. Yeah. Okay. So just like any. What's that thing? Anyway, go ahead. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I got nothing. Okay. Uh, oh, no. Okay, there you go. My laptop has been, like, dying real fast because I guess I kept it connected for too long, so now the battery doesn't last at all. Uh, yeah, you, that's going to happen to my laptop. I always connected. <laughs> um, yeah, so J- um, Jim Sullivan was born James Anthony Sullivan. In, um, he was the seventh of nine – no, the seventh son – but I don't know if he was like the seventh of seven or the seventh son, <laughs> and there was other daughters. Like he could have been a middle I, child. I could, yeah, he could. I, who knows? <laughs> there could have been fourteen. You know, I don't know. Well, what's that old blues thing that they say that the the seventh child or the seventh son oh. was born with like special powers? What really? Yeah, or like it's it's like an old school blues legend that that's why like you hear in blues songs like oh, I was the seventh son. I was so and so. Oh really? No, really? I just know the. Iron Maiden song, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. Mm-hmm. But like, that's all I knew. Like, it, it's from the old, like, uh, Delta Blues style. Like, even, like, Jack White makes reference in, like, Ball and Biscuit, where he's like, uh, like, uh, but I'm like, he, what the fuck did he say? Like, but it's a fact that I'm the Seventh Son, but uh-huh. the Seventh Son has, like, powers or mystical nests. Oh, I, I had no idea. Oh, I mean, seven is a lucky number, right? Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, it makes sense. Although, like I said, I don't know if he was the Seventh Son of... Seven sons and then daughter. I don't know. Seven to seven or seven to 14. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. um, And, like, this is how much there isn't, like, a lot of information. Because it 
He was either born in Nebraska in 1939 or in August 13th, 1940 in California. Okay. Okay. Well, the reason why is because... It's a big stretch. Yeah, I know, right? But it's because his family came from Nebraska, like, after the Dust Bowl. Oh. So, yeah. So, they moved to California, um, specifically to San Diego, where he grew up. Um, Like I said, he was a tall man. Um, In high school, he was a quarterback. That's how big he was. I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know the a, reference. He's a big hoss. Right? Right. Okay. Yeah. Then I'm not. <laughs> yeah, like, well, at least for me, I'm, I'm short. But... Oh, I mean, no, but I'm saying, like, for uh, sports-wise, I have an idea. But, you know. It's, I uh... mean, <laughs> he's a quarterback. He was 6'3". It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, I'm not a sports guy. But yeah. yeah. It makes sense <laughs> in, my, in my limited yeah. knowledge. Yeah. Well, so according, um, apparently, well, according to his... Um, Self-written liner notes in his first LP, which I'll get to. Um, he grew up in a government housing project with a bunch of other Okies and Arkies, uh, which made him, uh, which basically made him decide to play, start playing music after listening to blues. Okay, blues so like groups. Oklahomans and Arkansas, Arkansasians, Arkansites. So he's got a little bit of a, like the the mid, the midwestern. Yeah, is that midwest? Or South? Nebraska? It's, it's probably South. I think it's just South. No, not Nebraska. The, the Texas school system has failed us. <laughs> I learned something about the Midwest um, a, a while ago. I just, never mind. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. Because I have I have no idea now. Like, So Arkansas, if you hang out with our Arkansinians or... Arkansites. Arkansites. <laughs> and Oklahomans. <laughs> like, it's like Southern, right? I guess that'd be Southern. Um, It's like it's like Midwest Southern. Mid Southern went loud. <laughs> Who knows? Yes. <laughs> Omaha, Omaha Nebraska, States. right? Yes. <laughs> no, I think it might have been. I, I think it's like part of the unit. Was part of the. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. It's, it's, this is way too afterwards, that, that, so it doesn't matter. Um, okay. Um, uh, so he married. He played guitar in a rock and roll band, uh, which called The Survivors, with his sister-in-law, Katie Doran. Um he married his high school sweetheart. Uh, her name was Barbara. And um, in 1968, I think, he tried to buy a bar near college, which, I mean, makes sense, right? That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> but do, 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 do we know the name? Uh, no, we don't. Okay. Because uh, it's not there anymore because uh, it lost a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, the thing about him, too, is that, unfortunately, he has a, ba- a lot of bad luck. Um, music-wise and just life-wise, obviously. It's um, <laughs> uh, like a, like still missing to this day. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, so um, here's another article or another part of the article of that New York Times one. Um, it it's kind of like it describes him in the way that his son, because he had a son and a daughter, although she, she's hardly ever mentioned for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. Um, but yeah, he talks he talks about him a little bit. Um, so it says, quote, let me put it diplomatically, um, said him. His name is Chris Sullivan. <laughs> um, uh, he's actually a, uh English professor in San Diego right now. Cool. Um, or at least at the time of this article, which is probably like two years ago. The idea that he might have to be a square or go to work for someone else was probably as repulsive to him as cutting off his hand. <laughs> Okay, so very counterculture kind of guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a product of his time, honestly. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, and um, so, yeah, so uh, Jim's wife, Barbara, uh, was the um, was essentially the breadwinner of the family. Um, she actually, whenever whenever they moved from San Diego to Los Angeles, which was like the, around the same time, 80, uh, 68, around 68, 69, um, uh, yeah, they moved to Los Angeles, and she actually got a job uh, working as a secretary at Capitol Records. Damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, most of the time he, um, you know, he used a lot of his free time, which he had a lot, <laughs> um, to write songs and perform um, in prestigious clubs in, in L.A. Uh, he established, or he got established at the Raft Club in Malibu, and he became friends with Hollywood figures, including Lee Majors, Lee Marvin, and Harry Dean Stanton. I don't know who that guy is, honestly. Paris, Texas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, then I guess. <laughs> um, and he also appeared as an extra in the movie Easy Rider. 
Cool. Um, he was an easy writer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he performed with uh, Jose Feliciano uh, on his what? television oh, show. That's the randomest. I know. <laughs> okay. Which, might I add, he wrote Feliz Navidad. Yeah. He wrote Feliz Navidad. He also has that other really... Oh, is it Confirmate? No. He has this really great song. I'm not going to remember right now. Um, He also sang the national anthem, right? The Was it him that did the national anthem? By Radiohead? <laughs> no. Um, he sang it at the baseball... Uh, I could be wrong. I, oh, my God. Maybe I shouldn't bring it up. He for sure did Light My Fire. He did a cover of Light My Fire, I think. Did yeah, he? but but I, I could have sworn it was him that sang... No, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not going to edit this out. Okay. <laughs> I'll edit this out. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah. The thing, though, the, the, the way that he did have some luck with, with his friends, because a lot of his friends actually helped him uh, fund his... Um, a lot of his music, um, just to like get, you know, get started and everything. Um, his friends contributed to the funding, um, and allowed him to record an album, uh, of all his songs with, uh, leading LA session musicians, keyboard player, Don Randy, drummer, Earl Palmer. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm naming them. <laughs> Cause I figure somebody will know. Uh, and bass player, uh, Jimmy Bond. That's, that's oh familiar. my god! Well, I mean, well, <laughs> no, no, uh, just because it's Jimmy Bond, you know, when <laughs> oh, because of Bond, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's uh, what I mean. uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. So he he like I said, he had a lot of help in that sense. Mm. Um, but he also um, yeah. But even then, like that, like that beginning of that album was just like it just wasn't working for some reason. Like at least for producers or whatever. Oh, this is very important. So I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just skimming through. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, so yeah. So his wife did try to get him, like you know, like she tried to move things around at Capitol Records, but I mean, it didn't work. It didn't out. work out. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't think. I don't know. I don't know what they thought. <laughs> but um, it says here that his friend Al Dobbs, who was an actor turned cue card holder. For the Rowan and Martin's laughing, I don't know, I don't know what that is. It sounds like a pretty big fall from grace. I, I guess, yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, he helped him on a small, small record label, which is called Mani, and the label uh, set up for that purpose. Oh, that so basically that label Mani was set up to start his, to get his album out. Oh, I see. So they pretty much created a label to yeah. Promoted. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. Um, so that first album was called UFO. Um, and th- honestly, that's the only one that I've listened to out of his two. Mm-hmm. And it's really good. I actually really like it. UFO? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll, I... how, how would you describe his music? Um, Oh, man. Like, are we thinking, like, are we feeling more Nick Drake, more Bob Dylan, more, like... Well, I think, I think um... Nick Drake had a little bit of a influence on it. I think I didn't write it on here, but I could have sworn I wrote it somewhere mm. or I read it somewhere. Uh, more like Nielsen or, any, or something like that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, there it's, I will say, I, I think the closest thing I could get to is like ethereal. Cause it, it does. It, it's very, yeah. I don't know. I, you'd have to listen to it. Cause okay. I'm not, okay. I'm not very good at descriptors. <laughs> does he have a high voice, high pitch, low gravelly? It's, um, it's surprisingly no. It's it's pretty much so mid range. From like Tom Waits to Tiny Tim, what are we looking at? Not Tiny Tim. Yeah, no. It's <laughs> it's, it's a wide <laughs> wide range. It's, no, it's very it's very much like very mid. Like um, it it is pretty like a big range, but it's not like like really high or really low. Okay. You know, it's just like very very much average. Okay. Um, but I mean, I think he sounds good. All right. As a singer, you know. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, um, so yeah, so that album UFO came out in 1969, which is also the year of the moon landing, Abbey Road. That's in there. Uh-huh. And Woodstock. And Woodstock. Uh-huh. I, I always remember, I always remember the fourth one, which is like Tate LaBianca. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. The Manson. Oh, yeah. Manson the Manson family. Fa- family. Of course. Uh, that's the fourth one that I always remember, but I, for some reason I never remember Abbey Road. I've heard it's a great album, man. I, I know, I know it is, but I, so yeah. Uh, it says that it, so like the way it's described is um, like uh, featured or it's like songs with the style of like a blending of folk, rock, and country, essentially. Okay, yeah. I can dig it. Yeah, I I feel like you would like it for sure. Okay, I'm sure Carlos would too, but I feel like 
this is more on your all it, right. it sounds like right up Tony's. Yeah, okay. cool. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually the album was remixed or remixed and reissued by, uh, I don't know if this is important. Timbaland? Honestly. <laughs> Timbaland. <laughs> that would explain Yes, actually. Yes, it was. <laughs> In 1970, yeah, for sure. I mean, at this point, it's either Timbaland or Danger Mouse. Like, there's only two producers left, it seems. <laughs> yeah. Which is fun. Well, so a lot of the songs that are on there, like, they're really good songs. Um, but right now, honestly, the one is, like, the self-titled one, uh, which is called UFO. Okay. Um, but, like, you listen to it, it's, it's good. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. But a lot of – so a lot of the singles that they used to re- reissue, which one of them's Rosie, um, didn't work. Like, I don't know why. Mm. I, I just feel like he really just, like, just wasn't – allowed to you know function in this time okay um but yeah so uh he also tried it with this other one called um highway which is part of that one uh but part of that same album um and he also recorded the opening and closing theme for the pat williams i do what i please song i don't know i've never heard it no uh, from the 1971 autobiographical film uh, Evil Knievel. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah. I didn't like even some sort of deep cut or something. <laughs> well, and it's just like, yeah, right? I It's just, like, he had a lot of, you know, like, there was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. But for some, yeah. Uh, I could keep saying it on and on how unlucky he was. But That you know. sounds I mean, like uh, the kind of track that some DJ finds and makes some amaz- <laughs> yeah like makes some samples and edits and makes like some amazing yeah. music out of like it, it sounds like he, he he was like well I get I get the, the impression that this guy was kind of just like a minute late to the party yeah. you know like he was just there and then like oh fuck everybody's gone or something yeah yeah no I it, it really is like it just like everything Everything, yeah, like everything that he ever like put out, like unfortunately, just didn't work. Like it just, like yeah. he was thinking along the right tracks, but it was just like a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah a little bit too late. Yeah, no, I I think so too. Um, so yeah, so in 1972, he recorded his second album, which was his self-titled album, which okay. was Jim Jim Sullivan, um, which oddly enough was produced by Playboy Records. Huh. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like Hugh Hefner? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is going to be a dumb question. Was he producing it himself? <laughs> or, like, I, I, I'm actually serious. Like, I who they see, have producing? He, yeah, he was, yeah, he was in there just like, you know, with the headphones on. And just the smoking like, jacket. You know, yeah. And the, <laughs> yeah. And he had two playmates, you know, right around. <laughs> <terrible. laughs> no, no, but seriously, who produced it? Um, uh, let me see. Uh, it, I don't know. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. Cause like, it was not him. But that's I mean, honestly, sure. like, Playboy just bankrolled the whole, the yes. whole deal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was just like all in there. Okay. Um. Yeah, so yeah, but like once again, um, the record was unsuccessful. Um, his career problems led him to um, increasing uh, his alcohol use. Uh, his mar- marriage was starting to fail. Um, and in 1972, which was that same year, um, that's when his second daughter was born, okay. or his his daughter was born, or second child. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> um, the seventh child of the, the seventh, seventh child. child. Yeah. Um, so in um, March 4th, 1975, was when he decided uh, that he wanted to travel to Nashville, where his um, sister-in-law was. Uh, she was working there as a singer and songwriter. You know, Nashville. <laughs> uh, <laughs> doing Th- what throw you do. a rock, you, you're going to hit a singer-songwriter. Exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, and he tried to go find success. Um and this is basically what led to the big, you know, mystery and uh-huh. really what he's known for. It's <laughs> kind of a shame. It he, is, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, here, I'll give you kind of like a, a little timeline. Um, so, in uh, so the next day, which was March 5th, uh, Barbara uh, got a call from him telling him that he was all right. You know, um, the conversation continued cryptically. Uh, when she pressed for details, he responded, um, you wouldn't believe if I told you. And he also said, um, or she asked, you know, what, what are you talking about? And so, so basically he was calling back home, right? And he yeah, was, yeah. and he was already in, in New Mexico. He was, in- he, he was, he was on his way to New Mexico. 
I see. He was on his way to New Mexico, and he was kind of like being a little cagey. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Which is like, you know, adds to the mystery. Okay. Um, And, you know, she kept pressing him on on questions, and he was like, forget it. Uh, just forget I said anything. I'll call you when I get to Nashville. And that was the last thing she, he said to her. I'll call you when I get to Nashville. Sounds like a country song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so after, you know, after a few days of no checking in, because, you know, he, he always checked in. That was the, that was the one thing. Um, so his family began to look at hospitals and talk to the police. Um, an officer told her, um, Barbara's sister that, or I guess it's, uh, yeah, that, um, Sully, which, you know, he liked to be called, um, wasn't in jail, but quote, but if he, if you ask me, that's where he belongs. End quote. What? Because okay. they uh, they learned that after his 15-hour uh, road trip, um, he had been pulled over uh, for suspicion of driving under the influence. Uh -huh. um, he did pass the sobriety test, so they obviously let him go. Uh, and that's when he checked into La Mesa Motel. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then uh, the police told her, uh, oh, this is the other weird thing, uh, that the bed was never slept in. So he checked in, he, he, well, okay, yeah, he checked in, um, and then, I didn't write it on here, but I know that he did, right after check-in, he walked to a liquor store. Do we know what he bought? Oh, I'm sure there's something in there, but, <laughs> someone has receipts, I'm sure. Somebody has receipts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, uh, in, uh, so on October 8th, uh, his car was towed away about, uh, 24 miles south of town. Um, oh, so that's the, the other thing. He did get in his car. And, and he did drive off. He drove off, never getting into the room, never going into huh. the room. Um, yeah. Um, so, yeah. 75 uh, miles south? 24 miles south. 24 miles. That's not that big of an area. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. Like, who knows? Who knows what happened? But they kind of, you know, like they were kind of like, you know, just whatever. He just wanted to leave, start a new life. That was like the, the one of the things, our theories. Um, but they didn't believe it because his 12th string guitar was in the front seat and he never left anywhere without it. Without his guitar. Yeah. Hmm. So that's where, that's where the, well, at least for the family, it's like, yeah, something happened. Yeah. Damn. So in like, hmm. Mm -hmm. Damn. Okay. I mean, I have no answer, but I'm, I'm thinking like. The fuck? This guy left his guitar. Like, sounds like he was taken or something. Uh, mm, yeah, maybe. Aliens. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, so a lot of the the main theories is that um, it was either involvement with the mafia, which there was an actual like family there in that area. There was like an Italian mafia family. I don't know if they're Italian. Well, I guess they were if they were mafia. Um, yeah. Or, or I mean, who about the Irish mafia? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I thought they stayed on the coast. It was the Italian Irish mafia. No, I was like, no. Are you being serious? No, <laughs> no, no. So like they either thought it was the mafia, the police, or extraterrestrials. See, which his wife actually takes solace in the fact that that's probably what happened. Which I think it's just more of her. It's just like denial. It's just like, uh, like yeah, yeah. something did happen. It's just not that. I mean, we. I'd like to believe it. I'd like. To, I mean, big. It's too far for Bigfoot, and he's a gentle creature. <laughs> he is everywhere, or they are everywhere. I don't know. But he. They. They are gentle creatures. I. I believe. No. Oh, yeah. Um. Desert ones. I'm sure too. Desert. Desert ones. Yeah. They, cool. Yeah. Sorry, just thinking about desert Bigfoots. Um. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, unless this guy like planned out like his whole fucking thing to like. <laughs> to just disappear, you know, it's like I mean, yeah, I me mean, up here, and then he just drove off to like, yeah, and you know, rode into the sunset. Yeah, yeah. There, there was people that did see him. I wrote it down here. I'm not gonna read it. Um, but there was people that did see him like right before, him, oh. which is why people say that he walked into the desert, like, you know, like they saw him. In fact, somebody did ask him for a ride, um, but or did offer him a ride, but he declined it. They just wandered off into the fucking desert? Yeah. And I think at night, too. With, like, a fucking fifth of, like, bourbon or some shit? He, yeah, exactly. I mean, he went out like a country song. I gotta give it to him. Yeah. Ooh. So, yeah. So, um, like I said, um, I... Okay. 
So kind of moving on to, you know, a few decades have passed. Obviously, his story fades into obscurity. Um, but then his music does kind of make a revival, like, you know, a lot of a lot of musicians do, like, especially, like, when they die pretty young. Yeah, so about 10 years ago, which is, I don't know how long ago that, like, I don't know when that's supposed to be. I mean, I don't, I don't know when this is from. Oh, okay. Like, I don't, I, I, that's what I'm saying, like, 10 years prior to this, um, <laughs> to <Article>. this article. <laughs> I see, okay. <laughs> Matt Sullivan, no relation to him, um was one of the founder of Light in the Attic, um, which is like a uh, record <laughs> recording studio. I don't, I don't okay. Know. Um, he heard about the uh, the vinyl, and then he was transfixed, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it wasn't... Uh, it says, oh, okay, so he said, quote, it wasn't even a maybe. Within like the, third, the first 30 seconds of Jerome, I knew I wanted to put it out, end quote. So he found, yeah. So he found it, and he's like, you know, I'm just gonna Fell remaster it. Yeah, remaster it, re- you know, remix it, do whatever. And yeah, so he did. Um, but also, I think it was the same guy. Yeah, he also was working with his wife, like you know, as well as. Oh, I'm sorry. This is he's a yeah. He's so he's a private detective, oh, okay. Matt Sullivan. Um, I don't know how I missed that. <laughs> But yeah, basically, with his, with the help of his wife, and um, of music- Sullivan's, the 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 Jim Sullivan's, yeah, wife. just yeah, um, along with uh, other people, uh, <laughs> tracked down uh, the major and minor players of Sullivan's life. I don't know, I don't know why I wrote that. Uh, but uh, I'm trying try not to take so long because I that's I realize okay. I'm taking a long time. Well, I mean that's that's essentially the gist of like how that went went about and uh-huh. they, they they have been trying to like even like it's still it, it's a cold case obviously yeah but you know I, I think because of the resurfacing of the album there's been a lot of people that are like oh we want to know what happened you know so yeah so ufo which is like the first album reissued was re, um, reissued vastly um and outperformed all of sullivan's previous record sales combined so in 2010, when the album was re-released, one of its most uh, successful bits of promotion was the late night paranormal radio show, Coast to Coast AM. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Yeah. Coast to Coast. Hell yeah. Well, yeah. I haven't heard that in. <laughs> <laughs> where the, yeah, where they, the Collins, uh, yeah, where there's Collins about the theories. And that's really what brought it up to, you know. Coast to Coast. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, I mean, they're still trying to investigate. Um, I, I read it somewhere, and I, I really thought it was in this article, but I read it somewhere else. It might have been Reddit, that apparently um, a few years ago, uh, there was a body found, but not in La Mesa or anywhere around there. Uh-huh. It was in Las Cruces. Oh, shit. They said that... The, and, um, and obviously, like, it was all just, like, skeletal remains. Yeah. Um, so they just kind of, you know, take, were assuming, like, oh, this is, you know, he weighs this much, he's this height, blah, blah, blah. And it pretty much fit him, like, his... I mean, if his kids are still around, they could, like... I mean, well, here's where... <laughs> I let you down the wrong way because they figured out it wasn't him. Oh, well, yeah. God damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but I mean, they, they did think that, like, because how weird would it have been, you know? Because like, that was way far away. Like, yeah. that wasn't even, like, near... Actually, I don't know where La Mesa is, not, or San, Santa Rosa, or... Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so, basically, I would... I'm going to end it with this quote um, by Chris Sullivan, his son, basically talking about his, his mom, you know. It's just, like, a little thing that they had... My parents were um, adult by any great intake of drugs, but they were very much of their time and believed in reincarnation and astrology. She is convinced that he was up in the star somewhere waiting for her. Pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. That's my story of... Or Jim Sullivan? Jim Sullivan, yeah. Yeah, check out Jim Sullivan. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to check him out. Yeah, for sure. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we'll uh, collectively just turn to Carlos. Yeah, I know, and right? I'm done. I mean, that's really interesting. That that like it, it makes me think. Like, well, like I mean, it just you know makes you wonder. Like, what the fuck happened to there's, this fucking man? Yeah, there's so many, there's so many possibilities. <laughs> yeah, so many possibilities, including UFOs, including UFOs. Which is why you know, like, 
that his album was just so wrapped up in mystery at that point. Of course. At this point, it is. I mean, and not saying that you can't get lost in this because this is fucking, you know, it's, it's vast, but you can obviously get lost, but like, yeah, like, how, how far can a drunk man get in, like, in the middle yeah. of fucking, you know, night, you know? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it's, who, who knows? Who knows what what's out there? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Javi at <laughs> Studio 41. <laughs> All right, well, uh, mine is going to be a sort of short overview. Like, if I, if I gave you certain brand names or as far as musical instruments like you know is there anything that pops out that comes out as the oldest i mean i'm you know, i'm sure you know already yeah yes there's two companies that i know the oldest uh business still running in the world is a german chocolate factory that's like five or six hundred years old oh yeah yeah well, and then like this <laughs> and then yeah and then like the second uh, the second one is actually a musical instrument company, Siljan, uh, Siljan Symbols, which if anyone's familiar with music, you know, if you've heard at one point, uh-huh. um, I'm just going to give a brief overview of things as they led to now. Uh, basically, again, like I said, the company's over 400 years old it started in 1618 oh yeah uh with a a man named avidus um he discovered a like everyone at some point all the alchemists they were looking for the way to make gold as alchemists do you know yeah as alchemists do you know (laughs) trying to find uh eternal life and how to turn (laughs) shit into gold Philosopher's Stone. Yes, exactly, about. you know. <laughs> sorry, I sped up. But, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah, on the, on, uh, instead of finding that, he found a way to make uh, symbols. And now uh, he's the cause of a lot of parents' uh, dismay at their <laughs> children bashing, crashing, and... And dashing. And dashing, and dashing. <laughs> yeah, and prancing, and... <laughs> So we're moving into new into new house, right? Uh-huh. There's a, a neighbor in the back where you hear I think they're really starting out like Oh no. I, I like it. I mean I, yeah. I like it. I like it. You know, it's, 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 <laughs> I didn't grow up with that, so I've just like uh, <laughs> So it kinda of just reminds me of like of like hearing Miguel, you know, my brother, mm-hmm. like you know, learning and stuff like that, or like I'm 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 not a drummer, so if I ever come like like I'm terrible <laughs> but hearing him is kind of like a little inspiring so some, I'm assuming it's some kid yeah I don't know maybe some like 50 year old like man or something like, hey nothing which, wrong with that nothing wrong with it. my dad's <laughs> like guitar at 50 so oh yeah. yeah my dad wanted to learn he, he just nope. didn't bother to oh <laughs> you, you should, should encourage him man I, I did I did very many times but <laughs> yeah he's, he's, anyway, he's done <laughs> tangent over mm-hmm. go ahead so as I was saying started back in 1618 um, he found the formula that's still used to this day to make symbols. Obviously, they they don't look or sound the same as back then, but basically, it's still the same formula. Um, the company itself, again, the name is Siljin. That's divided into three syllables. Uh, Zil, meaning, um, well, the whole thing itself means symbols, myths, sun. Um, basically, the... What? Like symbols as in, like, written symbols, right? Yeah, no. No? Oh, no? Oh. <laughs> like crash symbols. C- oh. C-Y-M-B-A-L-S. Oh, so the actual instrument. Symbols, yeah, the oh, actual okay. instrument. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not symbolically. No, oh, okay. no. <laughs> symbols. He he got the surname from the sultan at, at that time, which was Osman II. And in 1623, Abedis actually opened up a, a foundry where he... That's all he did, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I maybe you, I don't know if you mentioned it. Where where was this at? This was in Turkey. Turkey. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. Turkey. Um, oh, first Tur- Turkey for the first time. So he goes on. You know, at first the symbols were made to for the army. Basically, it was a uh, the way British and American armies use snare drums, and you know oh, they had course. their patterns. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
you know, the way they use trumpets to, okay, we're coming, you're hearing <laughs> us coming, so, uh-huh. you know, we're on our way. Uh-huh. Um, so it was basically the same thing, you know, it was a huge crash. <sighs> yeah, that, yeah, that's pretty, I mean, that's pretty cool. Make their band, their, their bands, their armies, <laughs> <laughs> make their armies seem more menacing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, for some reason, like a symbol seems to me more menacing than, than the snare drum, you know? Like just the sound True. itself, just the sound. Yeah, I mean, isn't the snare set to, to to set the marching pace too? No. Yeah, it was like to dictate formations okay. and uh, or like, kind of like in football, you know, where you have like whatever, whatever, ho, 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 hut, and then you actually do the play. <laughs> yeah, so like that. But... Tell, we none of us play sports. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So just get us a shirt that's just a sports, so generic. I like, think we've team. made that very clear. <laughs> uh, like I said, it was used. They were used for that, and then they started being used uh, by by the dancers and the sultan's court. So yeah. you know, they started making smaller finger symbols. Yeah. Oh, cool. Kind of the way you know, I it? guess is a precursor to casting it. Yeah. Okay, so getting back to it, um, we get. To that point, um, the court courtesans start using the finger symbols. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, moving on, really zooming through history here. <laughs> uh, eventually, the Turkish influence starts coming in contact with the European composers of the time. So, like Mozart, uh, Gluck, um, not Gluck, Gluck, Gluck with a oh. U. <laughs> you know, not guns. Yes, exactly. And so they started adding symbols. Like before this, there were no symbols in, in orchestral European. Mm-hmm. So they started adding it to get a quote-unquote Turkish flavor. Because they're racist. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, eventually, in, in the and like I said, right now I'm, I'm zooming through history. So, you know, with Mozart and getting into Europe, that's during the 1700s. Moving on to around the 1850s, um, Avedis, uh the second travels to London for the first world, world fair. Um, he takes the symbols with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's repping. <laughs> he's repping his father's <laughs> his grand- Yeah, his grandfather's company, and eventually the the symbols now become a mainstay. So now you get. Uh, Berlioz and Wagner and, mm-hmm. you know, the really romantic era where it's all swells and uh-huh. epic stories and, you know, nine-hour... Uh, Symphonies. Uh, yeah, the yeah. nine-hour ring cycle. Oh, the ring cycle, yes. Et cetera, et cetera. He was also racist, wasn't he? I'm sure he was. Uh, They're all yes. racist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, well, yes. Well, uh, yeah. Wagner, Wagner, Wagner really, really, really He was, was. anti-Semitic. Yes, yes Extremely right. anti-Semitic. Yes, that's right. Uh, but again, this is where symbols get uh, fully integrated into European orchestral music. Um, eventually, this leads into... There's a huge chunk that I'm going to leave out, but that I'll leave for people to investigate. Okay. There's a, a coup, an assassination attempt from uh to kill one of the sultans at the time during the 1800s oh yeah yeah late uh-huh. 1800s and this eventually leads to the siljian uh, owners to move to america because uh, uh-huh. they tried to bomb the <laughs> the sultan's carriage <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and failed and it's really funny because apparently the bomb failed by like it detonated like a half hour before and oh really you know so everyone found out because <laughs> like, what's that over there explosives weren't weren't that great at that time especially timed ones uh, so <laughs> they have clocks in you know? <laughs> so so this this whole thing leads uh, leads to them moving to to America to to escape mm-hmm. uh, political persecution and death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As everyone Mainly did. death. <laughs> Mainly <Yeah>. death. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, eventually, Seljan reaches the U.S. Um, and once they're in the U.S., you know, it happens to coincide with the Jazz Age. Uh, so you know, you get. People like uh, Chick Webb, Gene Krupa, Papa Joe Jones, the whole big band thing starts happening around that time. And during this point, symbols 
if you've ever seen orchestral cymbals, they're really thick. Mm-hmm. And jazz players were looking for lighter. And this, they start asking for what they what they call paper thin cymbals. So mm. the kind of cymbals that you can like actually bend mm-hmm. even when they're already cast. Wow. So, you know, if you're familiar with any jazz, spang, spangalang, spangalang, you know, that's... Is that how would it affect the sound, the thinner the cymbal or the thicker? What, yeah. what would be the difference in the well, sound? Well, if it's thicker, it's really pingy, so no, it's really defined and really high-pitched. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like a really annoying sound. Which is which is funny to me, because I feel like it'd be the other way around. <laughs> and then in, in, um, in a jazz way, they tend to go for a darker sound. Yeah. Which and they're like more washy, you know. They're yeah. more harmonics, a little more. Um, well, yeah, darker, washier, more setting the mood. Yes, way. yes, exactly, exactly. Not trying to drill a hole in your ear. <laughs> um, so this goes on through the jazz age, which again goes from the big bands and eventually gets into drummers like Kenny Clark and Max Roach and Philly Joe Jones. Nice. Um, and then eventually we get to, once again, the Beatles uh, coming in uh, and, at 64. Well, yeah. it's just, they're just making their appearances everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> yeah. Um, in 64, uh, on Ed Sullivan and uh, Paul Francis, which who was the main symbolsmith at the time, um, a cool title to have like on a business card symbol Symbolsmith. <laughs> he's quoted as saying that after the beatles performed then ringo had a besides the ludwig set he had a, a set of sildjian symbols and apparently from 64 till about 66 they were uh, they had 90,000 symbols on back order holy <laughs> shit <laughs> i mean yeah. and, and i'm stressed about work and I'm like, <laughs> Because they're just losing his hair. Yeah. He's a company man, right? So I'm sure there's some level of exaggeration there, but uh, that's nonetheless, I mean, that's, I'm sure the number was close. I mean, if it's it 10%, worked. like that's, yeah, it's a lot. It still worked. It worked, so. And then just to give a quick, you know, cool down on everything, you know, we, we go through through the eras, you know, but the, the main one was with the Beatles. Eventually, you know, they start, um, working with drummers on specific lines for drummers and you know they they work with drummers like uh steve gadd who if you know songs like 50 ways to leave your lover that's steve gadd on drums um basically anything anything paul simon solo is steve gadd if you look at the back of any records between the 70s and the 80s he's probably in 50 percent of them <laughs> uh, prolific guy yes immensely and then uh, with drummers like vinnie colayuda who's sort of a quote-unquote successor to steve god to in the 80s and 90s you know anyone from sting to uh chaka khan to megadeth to like everything that man is like yeah. a savant a jump Chaka yes. Khan to fucking Megadeth. <laughs> I love it. And, uh, <laughs> you know, to to this day, like I said, Siljin still going. It's probably the main symbol company maker out there. And uh, um, just with, again, with families, there's some drama in the 80s. They split off. And so now part of the family became what is known now as Sabian Symbols. And then uh-huh. the part that stayed Siljian, you know, still going with Siljian. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, that was just a, a quick overview that on a impossibly long <laughs> 400 year history <laughs> of uh, almost 500 years yeah. of, uh, of a company. I know it sounds like a commercial, but it's just more on the historical level than on the of course on the brand level. Because how many how many things you know that were made. Of mm-hmm. a company that still lasts, you know, for yeah, like, like Fenders. I, I think yeah. the, the one that's closest, not not closest, not even that I use that lightly. Martin, like they've been around for a hundred something years. Oh, really? Yeah, Martin Guitar Company. Like you remember that scene from um, Jang, not Django, pendejo, um, <laughs> Hateful Eight. Uh, you, I think so. That, that Tarantino film. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where um, Kurt Russell breaks a guitar. 
Oh, oh okay. yeah. That was an actual, like, 150-year-old door. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> that he broke by accident. Because they were supposed to cut. By accident? Yeah, because they were supposed to cut and put in the replica. And then he was supposed to smash that one. But... He had no idea. He had no idea that oh. that was the guitar. So when you see Jennifer Jason Lee's reaction, she's like, she's like, whoa, whoa. Because she, she knew they were supposed uh. to cut. That's an actual reaction. Oh, my God. And obviously, rightfully so, Martin Guitar Company got pissed. It's like, oh. nobody gets guitars anymore from us. Like... Fuck you guys. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> but the point I was saying is like, they've been around for a couple hundred years, but nowhere near like the 400 years, like which is a 16... 1621. 1621. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Been around. So, yeah. yeah. What, uh, what is to hey. and things like that. 21, that's 400 years. Oh, that's exactly 400 years in the dead. Oh, well, there we go. There we go. We, uh, today. We cracked the mystery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. You're welcome, uh, world. <laughs> Ah, uh, well, well, that was good. That's fun. That was good, yeah. I tried, sorry I took so long. I, nah, I was really worry. trying not to. No, no, no. Um, it's your show. Well, it's our show. <laughs> it's it's y'all's show, too. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, um, thanks for listening, y'all. Um, we really appreciate that, you know, wh- whoever listens to this. Um you know, just follow us at wherever, you know, on Instagram. Um, go to Spotify. Um, I t- no, po- uh, Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. rate, re- review, and subscribe. Thank you. Art of uh, whatever. Art of whatever. Um, follow us, yeah, at um, Art of Whatevs. And, um, yeah, and, and thanks again to um, Studio 411. Uh, and thank you to Javi for um having us here um we we apologize for being late um <laughs> uh, but this yeah. customary yes i know yeah but yeah no thank you thank you for everything um and yeah and um as igor would say um till the end my dear bye bye